Hey, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Mariam Hanane. She's an investigative journalist, and I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Courtney. You're welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be with you as well and, and dive into whatever you'd like to dive into. Awesome. Well, I am super excited because I like been diving into Charles Lieber and very few people have been. And I came across your work and you've been doing some really fantastic work on it. So maybe we should start there. What prompted your investigation of Charles and uh, yeah, what, what did you start to come across and what was really surprising to you? Why have you continued to go down that rabbit hole? So I've been covering the Rona regime (laughs) since 2019 before it even started, because for those of us who are in the medical freedom community, we knew this was coming. And uh, I covered for Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. I was writing a series on Ebola because I thought it was Ebola. She thought it was Ebola. James Grundvig thought it was going to be Ebola. Jane Bergmeister, who's a whistleblower, also thought it was going to be Ebola. Mm, Because also in Samoa in October of 2019, or actually September, they they called a state of emergency in Samoa based on seven cases of non-deadly measles, and they shut the, the country down and they literally went door to door. So I was covering... 10, 12 hours a day, what mm-hmm. was going on. And then on January 23rd, about five days after they locked down Wuhan, there was a presser and the DOJ mm-hmm. said that this guy was um, charged with espionage. And my gut just told me this guy, keep an eye on this guy. Mm-hmm. And that was before knowing anything about his patents and the fact that he's a prized Israeli asset, he's a prized world asset, and he is what I call the nanotech king. So they, they arrested him. And I early on theorized that something in a vaccine or something aerosolized was parlaying with, um, with, 5G. Now, parlay came to me, and that's not a word that I often use, but parler in French means talk, it's communicate. And I base this on the fact that Hubei province was a test city for 5G, and also that in a now scrubbed study in 2017, They A study out of Italy looked at the main vaccines and 15 of the major vaccines and 44 variations were all heavily contaminated with nanotech. So then I noticed that this guy, Lieber, was not really prominent in the narrative anymore. So I just kind of was keeping an 
an eye out on him. And now fast forward, it's 2021. I was keeping tabs on Pacer. For instance, they revoked his passport. And literally the day after they called the state of emergency in Boston, this guy Lieber went to court and the judge, the same judge that's presiding over the case still today, who's 91, by the way, um, gave him permission to visit New Jersey and uh, Pennsylvania, I think, on family for family issues. So I was like, oh, why does this guy get to leave when he's a criminal and he's charged with espionage? And then I was watching, I think this is now 2021, and I was watching Stu Peters and someone on there basically was saying what I was saying, that something in a vaccine or or aerosolized was communicating with 5G and 5G is, you know, allows for the nanotech in the body. And so I went to Twitter and I said, you shamed me for this. You'll see graphene oxide is the secret sauce. Where are you, Charles Lieber? And literally within 10 minutes, they took 30,000 of my viewers, all my data, my research and uh, deleted me. And as a professional researcher, just like Dr. Judy talks mm-hmm. about having her research taken from her, yeah. for me, I could go back and go, oh, yeah, I told you guys this I, Operation Dark Winter. Yeah, I knew about the monkeypox. This is date. So it it served as chronology. Sure, right. I have it on other computers, but it's not it's not the same. It was my personal research avenue. And right. So then I was also like, why do, why are they banning me? But others get to say stuff about Lieber. So this was, they banned me two months before his trial and then one month before Astroworld. And I also wrote about Astroworld and I looked into it and I'm convinced that just like Wuhan, it yeah. was a test, a satanic ritual. And as I was writing about graphene oxide, because I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to become an expert now on graphene oxide. And I'm right. definitely going to keep continue, keep tabs on you, Charlie. And I learned I learned that. Um, I just said out of a hunch, they love their adrenaline. What's the what's the chances that that uh, graphene hydroxide or oxide? Um, has a relationship with with adrenaline. And sure enough, it's specifically, it's especially sensitive to adrenaline and tyrosine receptors. And so that's how, why I kept tra- track of him. And then this, the trial, I went and I purchased all this footage of him being interrogated and no one in the mainstream, I've not seen one person, actually, I've not seen anyone else show any of this footage that I acquired. And now he's about to walk away. Arguably, he's going to walk away a free man. So he went from espionage and it looked like it's a tactic to be like, look, we're doing the right thing. We're coming down strong. And then it gets distilled to tax evasion. And now the dude didn't even work in China, they're saying. And um they dismantled the China initiative, which was launched under Trump in 2018. And now when you go on the Department of Justice, a government site, they've forwarded, they've removed the content. Just crazy. They've removed it? 
they were, it's a 404. You can go in the archives, but it's like the China initiative never, never existed. And they said the lawyer for Charles Lieber stated that in fact, it was after their trial that days after they dismantled and, and they, they chalked it up to a colossal blunder, even though you can see in the archives under, you know, if you go to the Wayback Machine, that a large part of the cases that that they they arrested someone does involve espionage, and he is a he is a prized asset. He's behind sixty six plus patents. Yeah. When I saw the cyborg heart tissue, specifically knowing how they're normalizing heart attacks and clots and the, you know they've put as you know they've put the gas they pressed the pedal on on the transhumanist agenda and uh, many people are, are talking about it and then I, and then as as a result of looking into charlie i also looked into the neural link the the neural lace which a partner he, on yeah yeah so and he has 11 patents from in china and he's won the Friendship Award, uh, employee at the Wuhan University of Technology, called him, said that he's contributed, he's, he's made an irreplaceable contribution in China. And he's also won a, Wolf's, a Wolf um, Award, which is from Israel. Does he really have um, fourth stage cancer? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Right. So I want to back up a little bit. You were saying something about in 2017 with they were finding nanobot technology in vaccines. They they were they found they found that they were heavily contaminated with nanotech. So as early as 2017, many of us know that they've used nanotech in the in the flu vaccine. Right. So I, I would argue that everything that occurs is a test, a drill, an mm. opportunity to collect data. And, and that came to me on March 29, 2020, when I heard Mike Pompeo say, we're in a live exercise. And then Trump says, right. could have told us. And, and now in Bill Gates's latest book, <coughs> excuse me, Bill Gates' latest book, How to Avoid the Next Pandemic, in chapter seven is called practice, practice, practice. And he has a, he has a graphic that shows all the different types of exercises, you know, from tabletop to full scale, as real as possible. It's all Hegelian. And um, so we're not surprised about this monkey pox, which is really hiding VADs. And it's just like with, with the Rona, there was the, um, the flu that vanished from the face of the planet right, but in right. reality, many people were suffering from the flu and then there's this bioweapon that they've created that is not normal that's what i believe even though they've never never isolated the virus and and i don't know where you stand regarding germ theory or, or terrain theory I, i've pretty much been kind of talked out of the germ theory <laughs> which is right. I, I i don't know you so you said you saw my uh podcast with uh with dr lee Merritt, and yes. uh you know i asked her to come back we had done one in person and yes. i had asked her to come back because i had dinner with her and we were talking about you know how she doesn't think that 
she's she's not subscribing to germ theory at this yes. point in time. And I I said that, you know, this is something I've been wrestling with for the past, I, I guess about eight months now. And for me, it's a yeah. really, really tough. I think for most people, it's intellectually a tough pill to swallow. But for me, it means my, my whole story is a lie. And it also means that it's a mystery that'll probably never be solved. So right. it's really difficult for me, but I, I, I'm definitely more uh, away from it at this point than I am for it. Right. So. And I think a lot of people would um, grasp onto the germ theory doctors because it would put them out of business or it would oh. derail their entire philosophy. I, I know that I've been around people who have supposed Corona and not gotten sick. Sure. And I believe I very much believe in, in detox as a functional medicine consultant and coach through the Institute of Functional Medicine. Yeah. I, I believe and to educate people that it's not a, you know, it's not a juice cleanse. It's really priming the, the liver and detoxing. And that's what I used. I used coffee enemas, mm-hmm. which I know is also controversial, but I would say that's the number one thing that helped me reverse my my lupus, my, my wow. ANA levels, which were off the chart. And, uh, I was told that I had lupus after I was in the Dominican Republic after making vanishing of the bees, ironically at a environmental film festival. And then I got sprayed by chemicals and then I came back to LA and uh, I couldn't even go up the stairs. I I, I couldn't, I was so, so, and I thought, Oh, maybe it's my thyroid. And then they're like, you have lupus. And when I said, could it be chemical body burden? just a stare of like what she <laughs> like <about>? what's that <laughs> right wow. um so yeah i i would say that i i believe more in the terrain theory although i do know that you can catch something mm-hmm. but is it is it shedding i've experienced sh- experienced shedding i personally get a very wicked headache and i don't mm-hmm. suffer from headaches ever Mm-hmm. And so it would be these five day headaches. When I was still in San Francisco, I was seeing uh, an amazing massage person who then it got jabbed mm-hmm. and I was in a close room with him and uh, he would do jai breathing over me. And, and, and then I get, I'd get a wicked headache. Yeah. I, I definitely think that there, so I, I guess a year ago now I wrote an article on shedding and I wrote it as like a pure hypothetical kind of, you know, I was like, let me just, you know, there's some dots here. I'm going to connect them. But there were 39 sources in it. So it's like the whole mission was really just to get laymen to kind of go do some research. Yes. And so far, it looks like that that seemed to have panned out. All all of the dots I connected seemed to be on target, which was very unfortunate. You know, I was right. really hoping that I was, you know, just uh, way off base. <laughs> yeah, no. It's true. I mean, it's just, we don't put a lot as a human species, unfortunately, a lot of credence on things that we can't see with, with our eyes. I mean, I've dealt with mold toxicity off and on, and I see how I'm gaslit, even though I have labs to show that what's was in my bathroom was in my body. Um, Nonetheless, I've had doctors gaslight me even then after like um, it can't cause it's a neurotoxin lady and sending 
studies and still being gaslit by completely clueless doctors. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. So you saw, so what I'm, I'm sorry, I want to clarify this with the, uh, so it was in the flu vaccine and that, and it was graphene is what they were seeing, but it was no, nanotech. It was nanotech. Uh, nanotech. It was nanotech. Okay. And yeah. it, then what did they conclude with that? Like, I, I heard that there was graphene, but I didn't hear there was nanotech in the flu vaccines. I don't know about graphene being in the, in the, but this is an actual study. It's in, it's in one of my many articles I cited okay. um, because it's now in the Wayback Machine because they scrubbed it. Right, it scrubbed right. So much, so much stuff, the Ministry of Truth, yeah. but n- nothing. I mean, what came of it? Um, I think that they put a hodgepodge of different things and different vaccines. And I very much was one of the early people to say that they're giving saline and yeah. then later, yeah. later heard it called the advocate method. And I asked mm-hmm. Ju- Dr. Judy I was on a show with her and I said, what do you think, Dr. Judy? I think there's saline. And she's like, yeah. yep. And I asked her, what do you think? It's the percentage Well, it's, it's the controlled blind it's study. Over. So I, I said that too. I was like, they have to have a control study, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And in, in 2020, in June, 2020, they had a symposium, I think in India to talk about the pros and cons of bypassing animals in the face of a emergency. Right. So, I mean, we are the animals. Come on. Hello. Yeah. We're the lab rats. Yeah. So have you gone through the 66 patents? I've gone through some of them. I have. Okay. Yeah. In, in, in very much detail. I mean, I looked at the injectable. Have you? I've started to, I I mean, it's, it's pretty scary stuff and it's all seems to be related. That that's kind of why I was just wondering because they it's all related and there's really kind of only one conclusion. I feel like it, it, it's, it doesn't look like somebody who is just an inventor was coming up with all these random things. I mean, it all kind of points in one direction and it's all looks like it's tied to the current injections and yes. Neuralink. Yeah. But I, I don't think that they're unrelated actually. I don't, I would agree with you. I don't think they're, while I was doing research on graphene oxide, I found a clip from, um, 2007 Japanese anime called Wexville okay. and I it I I would love to show it to you or send yeah. it to you share it with your with your audience it was you want me to do a screen share do you want sure. to do that yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, give me a moment to to find it okay yeah yeah but I would love to show it, it it's uh, less than two minutes okay yeah great let me look for it oops Okay, you should be able to share now. Thank you. Okay, one sec. I'm just going to my Gab channel because I think I put it on Gab. Um, Yeah, I see you're pretty active over there. I'm almost never on there, but it, it seems to be a truly free speech platform. I th- I feel like I get m- more um, traction there than anywhere else, and 
uh, someone who's helping me now with social media, she's like, you're all over the place. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I believe one of their tactics is to fragment the focus on purpose when on Twitter, let's say, uh, two years ago now, I was with Sarah Westhall and Corey Diggs and SGT mm-hmm. and Amazing Polly, and we would trade, uh, we would trade puzzle pieces. Sure. And uh, now I think pur- we're purposely kept kept in these echo chambers far away from one another. Sorry, I'm I'm yeah yeah no focus. I have to go to my my Gab instead of Gab TV. Okay. I apologize. No, you're good. Maybe if I have two glasses, if I if I open up my PowerPoint presentation, it's there. So okay. I'll share my screen from from there. Yeah, that works. I don't know if you edit these or are we live? No, we live? I can edit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Goodness, share it with. I, I think I gave you sharing. Yes. Yeah, great. So can you see this? I can. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. So let me. Is that is that loud enough? No, not for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Country. The details were vague at first. Nothing on the cause or transmission of the disease. Only that it was highly contagious and in most cases fatal. Before the general public even had time to react, the government declared a state of emergency and ordered a mandatory vaccination program. For our protection, they said. As it turns out, that was the beginning of our nightmare. The disease was complete government fabrication, and the supposed vaccine they were injecting into everyone. In reality, it was a cyber virus developed by Daiwa. DARPA. The virus has a mutating effect on the cells of the body. It alters their molecular structure and converts them into biometal essentially turning us into machines from the inside out. There's no way to stop it. And to make things worse, the cyber virus was still early in its experimental phase. Really? Iowa didn't even know if it would work. It had never been tested on a large scale. So they turned Japan into their own private laboratory. When it does work, the virus gradually progresses through the body until it finally reaches the brain. At that point, we become perfect androids under Daiwa's control. The speed of the process differs from person to person. Those of us who have yet to be fully assimilated, as best we can, we hold on to those fragments of our humanity that still remain. But even now, we can feel them slipping further and further away. That's horrifying. Is it horrifying? Dude, that's 2007. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's 2007. 2007? 
which happens to be a year where Charlie filed many, many um, patents that year in 2007. But yeah, this is 2007. Isn't that effing crazy? Yes, that's crazy. Yeah, I found that by accident. And I just, my jaw dropped. Wow. So I I guess the next question then is how... Have they managed to, I mean, I've been digging through and I haven't seen 2000. I mean, I've seen patterns from 2007, but for it to be that out in the open, I mean, that's pretty blatant, right? 2007. So how is it that even now people are so in the dark? And it's still, and it's still even amongst the pretty awake and, you know, some of the, even some of the medical community who are talking about this, they still kind of uh, soften it, I guess, you know, they don't, they still couch it in conjecture and it's, but that's, it's right out there in the open. I mean, this, this jab from hell has caused the most damage compared to all the vaccines combined. And uh, yet there's still people that are, you know, watching their programming on their television. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I am. Just a few weeks ago, I had reached out to someone at uh, Flagler College to try to look for interns since I've been so attacked and my money's compromised. And uh-huh. someone was like, well, trust the science. You don't trust the science. And it's like, what rock are you living under? So, yeah, there's still people that are toting the, the mainstream narrative. And right. I would argue I, I was commissioned to put together a protocol of um, against the jab from hell. And uh, I, I would argue that all these detox methods should have been implicated, should have been adopted way before them taking a, a jab. Uh, but, but the easiest thing to address, regardless of whether you're damaged or not is, yeah. is the food that you eat. Right. And people yeah. I'm like, I, I am a self-proclaimed self, uh, food Nazi. And mm-hmm. that's why it's like, yeah, I'm 49. I've reversed lupus. I've learned how to walk again after getting hit by an SUV. Mm-hmm. So if I can do it and I can look like this at 49, yeah, then, then you can too. And it starts with the food that you eat. Food is thy mm-hmm. medicine. This is our sacred temple. And I refuse to have these mofos poison me. And, and, but yet that is the simplest, but it's the hardest thing to do. And there's many people in our community that claim that they're healthy, but not when I see what they're eating and sure it's like, Oh, have fun. Don't be so militant. But it's like, if someone, if I'm working with someone and, and they like, I don't do a lot of gluten, but you're 45, you've been not doing a lot of gluten for 45 years. Guess what? It's a cumulative And, and, um, so I, I really believe like, I don't drink any alcohol. I don't do any grains. I don't do sugar. Mm -hmm. And personally for my body, and and I used to be made fun of and called tub of lard and fat. So, and made fun of Mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, I've come, I've come a long way and changed my body based on food. And so, yeah, the truth is that a lot of our, our, food, air, earth is poisoned, let alone a jab. They're talking about putting the, you know, 
jabbed into food. Have you heard about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing with the nanotech that it's, you can't see it. So we right. don't really know the extent in which our food supply or water supply has been uh, contaminated with, with nanotech. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's really scary. I think that in their experiments, you know, they're, they're trying to see, I would argue that Astro World was an, an experiment to see what the reaction is with the frequencies, with all mm -hmm. the smartphones, mm -hmm. with the nanotech graphene inside the body. Because if you, not you personally, but if you think that 11 people had simultaneous heart attacks because of a crushing, then you're yeah. very mistaken. Right. That's very rare. Very rare. Um, that is uh, one of the patents that he does have. It's a sound frequency, um, like control. I don't know how you word it, but like remote controls. Right. Sound yes. frequencies. Yeah. To, to record what's going on in the body in real time. And as Uval Harari says, you know, that it's, we're, we're venturing into under the skin surveillance. And so this is like, this is incremental baby stages. And I would argue that the first year of the pandemic was just to iron out. And just like Billy said, the next one will get their attention. Um, this is not over. We're in a lull. We're exhausted for those of us who are keeping, keeping tabs. If you're an empath, if you're a feeling alive creature with a heart, sure. of course, we're going to feel the, the implications of all this trauma. Totally. Yeah. Really draining, really draining. And that is, uh, you know, how trauma-based mind control works, right? They, you know, they, they keep putting the trauma, the torture, and then they let up a little bit and then they clamp back down. What do you think is, yeah, sorry, go on. Home. No, I just okay. agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you, what do you see is going to happen next? What's going to happen? You mean in regards to whatever they're going to roll out mm -hmm. to? Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't really know. We know that the Rona is going to stay with us forever. And now they've normalized it like the flu that you have to, you have to get a, a jab or a booster or whatever a year. Um, yeah. I'm not, I will say this to you, Courtney, yeah. that one of the reasons why Dr. Merritt's um, interview really resonated with me because she's the only one to have mentioned Ken Alibak. And so yeah. this book, I yeah. was, unpa I was, I was unpacking yeah. and by coincidence, I mean, this is, I picked up this book and I have many of these germ virus mania, virus hunter books, but Ken Alibak was running the biggest bio lab labs in, in the Soviet Union. And uh, his job was to learn how to outfit missiles with whether it's tularemia or Q fever or anthrax or smallpox. Yeah. So the yeah. point in bringing that up is there is no doubt in my mind that they've had these real bioweapons yeah. that they can cause serious health, uh, serious hell and, and um, death. So what, what is the aim? What, where does the smallpox come from? Why I've, I've reached out to this, this author and this publisher 
at least 10 times. No one's responded to me because I thought, wow, that would be such a score to interview Ken Ali back. Sure. And uh, so, so yeah, I guess I raised the question of they have this real stuff Mm -hmm. and yet they've been, they've been scaring us and it's been working with BS. So I'm not sure what the next, uh, what do you think? I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I did hear Dr. David Martin speak and he said that uh, they have 73 more patents on bioweapons. So to me, that kind of just indicated they're going to keep rolling out one kind of after the next. Um, and I think that, you know, as you had alluded to earlier in this conversation, that they they do beta tests. You know, these are all testing grounds. And I, I, I think that that's right. I think that it's interesting when, the, when Corona kind of came about, the thing that kept coming through my mind was anthrax. And I keep drawing this parallel between, you know, the, the big nine event and, uh, and what's happening now, because I do see that they're both, you know, essentially massive psyops. And I think that the big nine was like a big testing ground for control. And I, I think that they, you know, a lot of times the white papers will tell you their plans 20 years in advance and then they roll it out. So I'm not sure what was going on 20 years before 9-11. I wasn't really paying much attention back then, but they must have been doing something then that was, I'm guessing, would that be the Cold War? Or, yeah. Yeah. And the Bilderbergs and uh, these other societies that they've been planning world dominion for yeah. a really long time. And now they're they're happy because things are amping up. Mm-hmm. I so I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people like to be under the thumb and take direction. Yeah. What I, you know, I, I'm all for Jesus Christ and uh, God, but I really want to stand for who's cultivating self-awareness and mindfulness and maturity and wisdom. Who, where, where are the wise elders mm. that are standing for, you know, so when I see when I see someone like Pierre Corey to Ixnay and say, oh, no, artist, Dr. Artist, you can't be part of our group anymore. It, it's like, to me, you're a hypocrite. You were exiled from the mainstream narrative. And now you are exiling someone else instead of let's have a let's have a healthy debate. Yeah. And explore and be comrades because we don't need any more divide and conquer. So I'm, I'm against that. I'm against having our, our ego rule and we all make mistakes. We are human. That's the reason why we're in these meat bags. We, this <laughs> is a spiritual so war. And so I stand for wisdom and um, kindness mm-hmm. and for self, self-awareness and responsibility to be able to say I messed up. Um, and, and, and for kindness. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I definitely have issues with customer service. Uh, it can be a bitch because I, I have a very, very low threshold for stupidity. And, and uh, now it really seems that a lot of people are just like, nobody's home. I don't know if you're vax damaged, but nobody's home in your brain, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of that. 
I'm curious your thoughts on that since you bring up the doctors. There's been, even in the, you know, we'll call it like the, you know, alternative medical, you know, the people who are speaking out against the agenda and the people who have maybe been ostracized from the mainstream, even amongst them, there's like, there's major kind of infighting going on. There's a, or, you know, or ostracization, you know, why can't I say it? You know what I'm saying? Ostracization. Um, yeah, ostracization. But, you know, there's been a lot of that. And I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. You, you said ego, but I'm wondering, you know, thinking about Charles Lieber, like he's clearly an operative. I mean, he's working for, you know, for DARPA, for DOD, he, you know, all the defense uh, military, uh, he's basically an asset. And I, I think, you know, part of the reason I personally thought that Charles Lieber was such an important one to watch is because, you know, I, I, I think I shared this with you. I keep saying how I feel like we're watching another iteration of Operation Paperclip. And when I see yes. that, the response I get from people is like, we're not smuggling scientists. And I'm like, well, I don't know that that's 100 percent true, but <laughs> that's actually not really what I mean. I mean, more that these people are getting a pass because they're being absorbed into the agencies because they're perpetuating the work, right? That that needs to be done. So I'm really concerned about that because that means that, you know, all of this material is not going to waste and it's going to be rolled out and perfected. And I, so I bring that up just as, sorry, this is so long-winded, but I bring that up because I'm wondering about the doctors, like, you know, obviously there's always innocent people who get caught up and, you know, as you said, we're human, we're fallible and people have egos and that's certainly a part of it. But I'm also wondering how many of these players are, are controlled to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Compromise. Yeah. Well, I, I call, I call it the piggy effect after the Lord of the flies, when the kids set out to do something revolutionary. And next thing you know, they're throwing piggy off of the cliff and they're doing the same shit that they try to avoid. And so again, to me, I mean, Lieber, it's no question. He's, he's an asset within, if you're talking about within our community, people could be controlled opposition without realizing it. And I, I think we're at the part of the game where we don't know who we're talking to and whether they're, they're, you know, for lack of a better word, term one of us right. or not and you don't want to I don't want to be the one who's calling out all sure. the yes because then that's negative and that's that's sure. divisive as as well yeah um, so I, I don't the only remedy for me again is cultivating self-awareness and mindfulness and kindness but I'm not sure if if someone is a flaming narcissist if that is possible um to to have humility and to be inclusive so i i'm not sure i i feel that there is jealousy also and it's just who has time for that anymore um i'm i'm not i'm not sure but there is a lot of gatekeeping and and as someone who is truly censored um it's it's a i mean it's a sore spot I I certainly feel like I have a lot to offer of value. I really want to inspire, educate people because I walk my talk as opposed to lots of people who don't. And and yet I feel like I haven't been included in in certain 
certain circles for for whatever reason so it's it's what it is i mean it's it's a hard time for for people people are i was saying in 2018 someone's like are you a roseanne barr fan i'm like i'm a freedom of speech fan i said roseanne barr today you tomorrow and here we are so uh yeah no i don't know where we go from here when we're now openly censoring our own selves in in different different uh on different social media platforms and someone would argue and say well you know better than to go on a twitter or go on youtube you want to be included like as if it wasn't hard enough to succeed in life and uh earn accolades and now there's all this gatekeeping and and this communist style censorship yeah no i i I so understand yeah i i really really get it i i was telling you you know earlier that i i've watched numbers like in real time and i i thought i was going crazy i mean it really was just like this can't be real like you can't unwatch a video like you know that that's not possible but apparently yeah i have on i have footage of refreshing my uh my browser and Twitter in real time, taking, <laughs> taking followers away from me um, or not allowing me to retweet something saying it's deleted. And then I ask, is this deleted? I didn't delete this tweet right. and people saying it's not deleted. So there's social justice warriors who are losers in their lives and just get a, get a kick out of, you know, of oppressing others or power tripping right? This is why they're choosing losers and empowering them because they know they can, they are yes men or women and they will do what they are told. They they will not be a disobedient sheeple, right? Right, Disobedient. I mean, early on when I was in Costa Rica, they told me I was at a bank and they said, we're going to call the police on you. And I'm like, why? Just because of your the way you behave, because I refuse to do the triple whammy of like wear a face diaper and put your shit uh, antibacterial and do. And then you just take the I, I, I said that, oh, they're going to weaponize the fever gun. They're going to criminalize a cough and a, and a fever when that is in reality, your body doing its thing. Right. Yeah. So now any people who speak up, who are troublemakers are there's no room for us but yeah. you need people like us you need people like who speak out like i'll be the first one to be like uh there's a big effing elephant in the room is anyone going to talk about it we're going to all just pretend and live this fake life of course yeah i also i and I, I i got a lot of flack for this and i honestly don't know this is just i could be totally wrong but your pineal gland is right here and they're shooting like a laser yes. Right through there. And here's the other thing too. And I actually freaked out. I remember my, a friend of mine, if she's watching, will remember this, but I was in Vegas and I'm blind in one eye. So they came at me like, yeah. So they came at me with the thermometer on this side and I'm blind in that eye. So I didn't see him. I freaked, like I startled, I jumped and I screamed at him. Like, you don't come at somebody. Like you ask permission, you, you know, and he's like, I have to take your temperature. And I was like, they're priming people to be okay with just right. like having a gun. Right. There. I've done the same thing. I was going into to see a doctor and the schmo downstairs 
is checking my fever and then pointing it at my third eye like a gun. Yeah. And then I got upset and then they get upset that I'm saying something. Yeah. You know, or, or I've gone into the hospital and they wanted me to wear another face diaper and they were like, wear this. And I, I said out loud, oh, the one for made in China with all the yeah. chemicals. No, thanks. Yep. Yeah. No, thank I, you. No. Yeah. I, and I, I really do. I said to them, I was like, I think that they're conditioning people because I mean that I literally like had like a trauma response, you right. know, like I jumped 10 feet. I was like, what are you doing? You know, you don't come at somebody and like point something at their head. And I was like, but especially cause I couldn't see him coming, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it just uh, shows how mindless people are. And of course we can be mindful all the time. And, mm-hmm. but, but you can see when you're engaging with someone, let's say you have an argument, what, what's the underlying goal? Is it to hear each other out or for you just right. to be right? Because if that's mm-hmm. the case, then you have an agenda, you are motivated by your ego mm-hmm. and God knows there's no lack of these social justice. Um, you know, I, I was, I do a lot of cross pollinating with honey colony and other brands. And there was a mm-hmm. one brand avocado mattress that mm-hmm. I loved their mattress because it was a, um, it was home. It was family owned and made it in the USA, not off gassing. And then I, I recirculated after two years of the coronavirus mm-hmm. and I called and I said, is this, is this the Philippines? And then some, she wrote to me, she goes, we have a zero tolerance policy on racism and you're expressing racist (laughs) undertones. Really, really whitey. You're like so white and I'm a brown person and you're telling me, and I've had a Filipino CEO. I don't give a crap. You could be purple. I don't care. Just be in the United States of America. Speaking. And, uh, and they banned me. They, 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 they con they cut my contract. No. Oh, yeah. And it's like you clueless, opinionated, social justice person that knows nothing. Right. But you're entitled and you're virtue signaling and you're crazy. Right. You're you're not. um, So it's like I, I am big on like be in America. I don't want to speak to someone about my monies or my whatever in another country. Right. Yeah. And especially when they, when they don't speak English, that that's really frustrating when they barely right. speak English and they answer the phone. Exactly. Yeah. They don't understand it. You're, yeah. They're wasting your time. And this is the way it is because there's what no people in America that need jobs, just like they're bullshitting and saying that uh, the, the unemployment are the lowest ever, but <laughs> there's all these like, Oh, they're cutting down on flights because people don't want to get jabbed, yo. They don't want to tell you how many people in truth don't want this vaccine. And all the other people was like, oh, I wanted to travel. I wanted to go see my family. I wanted to do, but nothing to do with health. No, nothing to do with health. No, convenience, convenience. So many people took this out of convenience or coercion, coercion, coercion. Yeah. So they're going to, I, I mean, I've heard Fauci and he's, you know, saying that, and you said it's here, you know, it's not going anywhere. So do you think they're going to keep trying to roll out more? Do you think they're going to try new ones for, I, I mean, I've already heard of them talk about like the monkey pox and. Yeah. They already have the bullshit yeah. PCR test for the monkey pox. I mean, 
that is an excellent question, Courtney. I, I don't know if it's because I'm exhausted. And, <laughs> I don't uh, blame you. Yeah. Have, have um, you know, and, and I have been focusing on my book and my yeah. documentary. We'll get so, to that but but I, I cover, you know, I'm always looking to see what the latest is with the jab. Um, yeah. So I don't know, because, you know, my logical mind would be like, how could they possibly roll out something unless it's real? And uh, that is part of also their deep pop slash transhumanist agenda. Are they happy with with the monkeypox? They're telling people that to isolate for, I don't know, three weeks. Um, you know, when 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 they remove the masks from the planes, I was really like suspect. And then yeah. when I heard Bill Gates say for his tabletop exercise, what if they were to put monkeypox in the airports and then I was like oh are you circulating something because you're you're circulating something in in the airplanes and now of course Joe Biden has uh, stood to re remove the um, to reimpose the 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 masks yeah yeah. like transport which I believe is is short-lived and you know they went from Rona to Russia and Mm -hmm. the amount of like people overnight growing sunflowers and standing for, for um, just shitting on Putin without really knowing what's, what's going on. And again, you know, they have all of these bio labs in the Soviet union, which is partially like, I mean, this would partially what, well, this would partially be Ukraine in in this area. So, and this is just one country there there's, I mean, other oh, yeah. countries are growing. They have their own bioweapons. They were supposed oh. to dismantle stockpiles. And when our own country, like with 9-11 and anthrax, the anthrax letters then that came out of Fort Dedrick, they, they could be doing all these small um, experimental, in, like John Rappaport, who's a legendary journalist, he, mm-hmm. he stands for it being all environmental and uh because he he'll reiterate that the the virus has not been isolated and he believes in terrain theory. Mm-hmm. So when you say it's all environmental, what do you oh, mean? Oh, meaning meaning they could be putting something in the environment that oh. will like like initially remember the nursing homes they went after the nursing homes and the prisons and the homeless shelters mm-hmm. and what if they're circulating something in the aircon um, air conditioning. There was early on, I interviewed people from Beijing expats in China. And one woman was quarantined for 21 days. Everyone else was 14. And they put, they told her, you can't go back to your house. And she said, why? And she goes, because there's central air. So all I'm saying is I've been sick due to mold from air conditioning units. There's environmental toxins that can go into into the lungs certainly also with the 5g radiation exposure that can also mimic um something that would you would think maybe it's a cold when i got sick mm-hmm. after being next to a, a jabbed person i was sick for three weeks i lost yeah. my sense of smell i had fever for three weeks but i never coughed i never had any nasal it wasn't wow. in, in the end, I thought that maybe it's when they um, increased the or they said they increased the 5G in Miami. 
yeah. I, I was living on a test 5G city um, in, in Beachwood, Los Angeles in 2018. And then I came across Dr. Diedrich Klinkhart, who's a brilliant German functional medicine doctor. And he did studies to show that in close proximity had two Petri dishes. One was surrounded by a Faraday cage and the other one was um, bombarded with 5G. And the mycotoxins, the spores emitted 400 times more mycotoxins than without the 5G. So in close proximity to these ultra high microwaves, it excites bacteria and fungus and parasites. And in reality, many of us carry parasites. So, and, and you can look at just toxoplasmosis, which is one of, there's tons of parasites and see how it, this little microcosmic puppeteer can hijack and have an impact on your, on your behavior. So that's why I think also they were anti-ivermectin because there's also parasite eggs in the jabs. The hydrogel. Yeah. Which was, again, Lieber's wonderful contribution. <laughs> to yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now he's like, nobody's even paying attention. He's, he's about to walk, walk away very much a free man. Like, let's see if that, if that happens. Who, who is from the mainstream has mentioned Darl Lieber. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody. That's why I, that's why it was so pressing to me. I was like, people need to know who this guy is. And I I think really because of what's going to happen next, right? So, you know, some of these people who are working on these technologies and supposedly speaking out are actually still working on these technologies. And what does that mean for the future? So that that's very concerning to me. I mean, I don't know. To me, the the only I always say the Great Awakening will come back. Great reset. That that is really my hope. Right. right. right? So my hope right. is just that more people who are aware of what's going on, that you know, perhaps more people can stand up and at least practice civil disobedience. That maybe that can stop some of this. <laughs> right. I I hope so. I mean, that, look at look being at naive, how, but look at, look at how people are siding with Musk. Meanwhile, they closed down the UC Davis lab. They went, Neuralink went and took all the footage of the monkeys that that died, at least 15, not to mention the pigs or whatever other animals, and uh, took them to a private lab, a la Ex Machina. And who knows what's going on? We know that they've tested on humans. There's people out there that have reached out to me. Please help me get this out of my brain. And uh, I don't just say, oh, that person's crazy. So he, he's very much vocalized that it's time to test on humans because we've reached the end of what the monkey, the monkey can't talk back to us. So despite the fact that all of them have died, these poor monkeys where, you know, they're, they're, they're picking at their scabs and they're giving them ketamine and they're giving them antibiotics and nonprofits like physicians for responsible medicine, they care about the animals more than they care about the humans. They They don't realize that we're also the lab rats now. And there is a huge wide experiment when I called Pfizer to report on my mother's now permanent 
respiratory issue, even though despite all my warnings as early as January 2020. So she got two jabs of Pfizer and then they lied to her. She lied to me. Also, she told me she didn't tell me that she ended up in the ER. So I call Pfizer and I, the nurse, I say, so, so do you report any of this to theirs? And she said, no, it's only for data collection. And I said, oh, I'm so happy that my, my mom can serve as a lab rat for your data. And then I said, so how many of these calls do you get a day? She said, oh, we get a lot of calls for a lot of products. I said, no. How many calls for the Rona, the, the COVID vaccine, do you get? And she refused, refused to answer. I knew she got a lot. I said, because me alone, one day today, I've talked to 10 people who are injured or whose family members are dead. So God knows how many calls you feel a day. How do you sleep a night? I told her. But they're just doing the job, right? Everybody's just doing their job. Right. And that, that is, I, people don't like when you make the comparison, but that's, uh, you know, what they said in Nazi Germany too. Right. They were exactly. just taking orders, right? Right. Except the only person, the, the, maybe this is a good segue, the officers yeah. who were just doing their job that were on the third, fourth day ever of their, of, of their job um, were, were found guilty for not doing enough for aiding and abetting and uh, they couldn't say they were just doing their job. That's the irony. The officers. I'm talking and- about the officers that were with Derek Chauvin that were just found guilty in federal court of basically not doing enough of. Um, and, and as a result, they've changed the laws all over the country regarding duty to intervene. And uh, as a result, all the arguably tons of good cops have left. And this is also ushering us towards a minority report, RoboCop, just us existence where the cameras decide your fate, even though there's something called camera perspective bias. And um yeah, so Can I was just bring plain camera perspective bias. But before you go into this, I, I yeah. think this is so fascinating because I think at the onset, these things seem very unrelated, right? The right. George Floyd case, you know, the nanotech, and but it, this is all tied to the high Borg mind that, that they want to the, the singularity is near. That's essentially the name of the game, right? <laughs> That's it's all connected right. to that. I believe wow. so. I, I believe it's all all connected. It's all towards this surveillance uh, state, this, yeah. this um, perma surveillance, whether it's under the skin or, or over the skin, um, all these cameras that are keeping tabs that will. So, so in, in camera perspective bias, first of all, you know, they early on, one of the talking points was believe your eyes, believe your eyes. It's on right. the, it's the video, but Obi-Wan Kenobi told Luke Skywalker do not believe your eyes for they will deceive you. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more than meets the eye. So mm-hmm. camera perspective bias is depending on the, on the angle, you would think that Derek put his knee on the neck for the whole time, but it was really that region. And depending on which angle mm-hmm. you could see that it was between his shoulder blades. And that's why early on the George Floyd challenge um, was happening across the country 
where you had different people recreating what happened to see whether you can indeed breathe if you can talk, which the answer is yes. But now in this inverted world that we live in, you can have asphyxia or neck compression without any actual even bruises. Because with George Floyd, there was absolutely no evidence of neck compression Wow. And they bullied, pressured, coerced Andrew Baker. They even accused him of being a white supremacist. And they said, quote, this is a council members in Hennepin County who tried to make sure he wasn't reelected for another term, but he was said Mm -hmm. that he caused, quote, irreparable damage to the black community. Really? How? when he said that if he had not seen the video and specifically didn't see the video because he didn't want to be biased as a real medical examiner said that if this guy had been found at home, that it would have been dubbed a overdose. Right. And now two years later, literally the, the drugs are not a top line consideration at all, not at all. So then what, I, what I've come to believe is in these psyops, in these false flags, yeah. they compartmentalize and have useful idiots. In this case, there are many rookies that, so, and then there's yes men. I mean, they brought in one woman whose job was to conduct live exercises. So when I was covering the federal trial of the three officers that just concluded about two months ago, what came to mind or reinforced my conclusions of this is a drill. This is a drill. They're using this event to, well, they use this event to usher in the color revolution. So people have George Floyd fatigue. I get it. But this is the event that ushered in the color revolution. This is the event that went from virus to violence. This is the event that helped bring in the mask mandates as we're reiterating or or saying, I can't breathe, which was a slogan that was that was said by Eric Garner in 2014 who is also represented Benjamin Crump. So is it just an accident? Is it a sacrifice? Mm. Did, did, the, did they, is he beholden to the Mexican cartel, George Floyd, and or the, the authorities, which arguably is one and the same. And yeah. he was beholden to do what they did. He was a convicted felon. He was out of a job. He was getting antsy. If he said, if he said, I'm going to, I'm going to come out, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what's really going on. You need to give me money. And if they said, we're going to make you Rodney 2.0, George, just do what you did last year, because exactly the year before, Mm -hmm. and they say that these false flags take a year to practice exactly the year before he was caught by the cops. He said, he called that and he said, mama, my, my mama just died. His mom had died in 2018. He gobbled drugs this time. They were Mexican, um, still made from the Mexican cartel, but they were Oxycontin. He ended up with an almost overdosing. And um, so it's possible that they said, do the same thing, knowing that at one point the I can't breathe will become real, but no one will buy it. Whether Derek knew 
and and maybe he didn't know that George was going to die and that's why he showed up at the hospital or was he activated because this guy Derek Chauvin spent time in Havenfall Germany and he also did a stint in 2004 in Fort Benning which is also called the School of Assassins wow and so when i interviewed Kathy O'Brien i mean she thought there was mk ultra all over mm-hmm. it so is it possible that he was activated? He has other fatalities under his belt, Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. And they were all operating under the pretense of excited delirium. And clearly he was on something, but that's never taken into consideration. So he was on fentanyl. I mean, that was, that was shown and proven. And you could see it on his tongue too when he's in the car. Yeah, when, when He was already he saying that he couldn't saw- breathe. Yeah. Right. He said, I can breathe um, at least, I think, 10 times before Derek ever got there. So after interviewing Maurice Lester Hall, who's Mm -hmm. with him. And so as I'm doing my investigation and I've come across a cover up, then I say to myself, I think Maurice is a snitch. So then I apply for a FOIA and I found out just weeks ago, damn, I was right. You are a snitch at least for a hot minute. And um, then he stopped cooperating. So I, in the FOIA, I had his cell phone number and I called not thinking he was going to answer. And he picks up the phone and he thinks I'm a Washington Post journalist. And he tries to sell me some footage of him and George Floyd at Chuck E. Cheese. What? And, and uh, yeah, I said, I'll, I'll see if my people... some chucky g's footage so we we started speaking and i have to say so before i talked to him i was like who is this scumbag Mm -hmm. Mm, because of of certain things he threw away some some drugs at the scene when the cops aren't looking and what Mm -hmm. happens is he escapes because he has outstanding warrants and he goes to Houston. So they catch him June 2nd, June 3rd, the case is sealed. The charges dropped. And then the day after that, he's doing good morning America. And he's found with the early beginnings of intellectual disability, mental illness. And like all mentally ill people, you do good morning America. All like <laughs> right. all con- that's, that's the normal right? thing to like do. All convicted you- felons. You do good morning America. So, I have this hunch. I find this, I I prove to myself it's right. I call him and then I actually connect with him. Like I I like the guy. And what happened was they had said he was going to be a key witness, right? He was with George, even though he's across the street, doesn't really see what's, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is that they dropped him as a key witness for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure, probably because it was going to weaken their arguments and they were going to have an opportunity to bring up the drugs and the fact that Maurice arguably gave him drugs that day. So he gets dropped. And then Eric Nelson, the the lawyer for Derek wants to call him in. So he's like, F that I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend Derek. So he pleads the fifth. So we started talking him and I just like, let's say three weeks ago, and we talk three, four times and I say, 
Maurice, would you grant me an interview? Meanwhile, he has no idea how obsessed I am or who I am. (laughs) So he then he disappears. And I'm like, oh, shit, he must have figured out for Washington Post. So then out of the blue, (laughs) he calls me and he's like, Mimi, which is my nickname. Mimi, guess who? And he's it's 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 Reese. So he goes, I'm going to go with you, Mimi. And because uh, I said, don't you, aren't you on the witness list again for this upcoming trial? It's starting opening statements are July 5th, 2022. Mm-hmm. And he said that he goes, I told those bitches they can F themselves. I'm going to go with you. So <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, he he firmly believes that it's neck, neck compression. Mm-hmm. So at, at one point, like in, on one hand, he's trying to redeem his name, the people, right. you know, the person who really owns that Mercedes Benz, because it's not George, that's not George's car. And the people around in his milieu think that he was a bad influence. So in a way, that is an acknowledgement to the fact that there were drugs involved. Um, and then he tells me during our interview that the Floyd family has never reached out to him. So if you put yourself, and he said, regardless of what you think of me, wouldn't you want to meet with the person who was with your child, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So if you were to listen to everything that George Floyd says and just put the lens of he knows he's going to die and he actually took those drugs to make it more acceptable. And maybe the people don't know, but the family knows. And uh, that is a possibility because for him to say, I'm through, I'm through, I'm going to die. Like it's very over the top uh, dramatic. Yeah. Right. It was very, the whole thing was very dramatic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And if you just see the 10 minutes that, Darnella Frazier captures very conveniently. Mm-hmm. They they don't show the 10 minutes before until four months right. later to form the perception, the fault, fault faulty perception of people. Um, then if you just see that video, you're like, oh my God, this is a lynching. This is horrible. But when right. you see the 10 minutes before, you're yep. like, who's this whiny bitch? Could you could you imagine you, Courtney, being on the ground mm-hmm. and saying, I need some water? Like you're under arrest, yo. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that I could get a, you know, and I joke and I joke on other, I'm like, oh, you like some water? Would you like some food? Here's a menu, George. Here's some order some food. Like, I'm sorry, but no one would care if I said I need some water. Right. So him saying, uh, sit, tell, my, tell, tell my kids I love them. Reese, I love you. I also, another, I guess, point that I wanted to make is they compartmentalize these people. So mm-hmm. let's say Maurice. Do I think he, he knows things he's not telling me? Absolutely. Right. However, and, and maybe he doesn't want to admit, but I think because of his own experiences, true experiences with police brutality, true experiences with racism, that that is a filter that will bias him. So for instance, I interviewed Chris Martin, the boy that took the 20. 
and he's like was mm-hmm. 17 and I interviewed him and, and he was he he was a witness during the Derek trial sure. so just out of curiosity I said so did they nostril rape you every day I'm just curious uh what were the precautions for the for COVID and he says to me I've anyway, never I, heard that before that's great nostril rape it is that, that was good right I had a dude on Facebook say how dare you use the word rape first of all do you know my sexual assault history buddy <laughs> no and it is rape of my nostril passages for sure absolutely uh, some of absolutely. them sometimes they're breaking the blood brain barrier and people are getting bleeds yeah absolutely yeah big f that um so so Chris Martin says um no, they didn't uh, do a, a test, but in any ways, I, I won't get vaccine. And I was like, oh, he has no idea of my stance. Right. And I'm like, oh, good for you. Why? And he said, it's a little bit too new world order for me. So I was like, okay, Whoa. here's a young boy who yeah. knows this term. And then he told me that when they put George on the gurney, that George was already dead. And so he said everything after that was show, but he's too young to or naive to to consider that this is a bigger ruse right. or there's bigger. But he did say everything after is show. So if you it's like a nine minute drive to HCMC, which is the air, the hospital um, in Hennepin, and it's a straight shot up 38 but they take a wrong turn and they stop on 36th and park and they spend an hour trying to resuscitate George Floyd. Now I looked at the average time that you take to resuscitate someone. It's 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I took it, I told myself, okay, I'm going to believe, first of all, I believe Chris Martin Mm -hmm. and I think he's a useful idiot. And I, I think if he, if you see someone and you think their life has been snuffed out, I, yeah. I would take that they know what they're saying. So in I obtained all this footage that has never been seen on the face of the planet and I'm watching it and I hear someone be behind Darnella in, in an, another angle and it's right. a Middle Eastern man and he goes, he's dead already. So I'm like, okay, well, there's two people now have told me, have said that this guy's already dead. So everything afterwards is show. And I, I, I firmly believe that because I've met many people say, George is not dead. He's in Mexico. And uh, if you look at the footage of the striker machine, have you seen any of the footage of them trying to resuscitate him? I, I have. Yeah. So of course there's movie magic, there's Hollywood, but I've also, <laughs> I've also obtained autopsy images and, and I've been in a medical, in a coroner's office and seen tons of dead bodies. And these pictures look very grisly. They're very difficult to look at. And so I personally, I personally don't think that George is alive. Sure, it could be another body. Someone said it's, it's, it's another body because there's a theory that George Floyd, the real George Floyd died in Texas. There was one. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I reached out to that lawyer in August 2020, and okay. he was a little bit sketch with me. And he said, "I'm too busy." I said, "You're too busy to stop uh, riots all over the country. You, you have information that yeah. can make a difference." And you say you're too busy. 
So, so then months later in 2021, when the, the trial started and, and I had, I was actually in Florida holed up in a hotel with Steven Johnson having almost died. And I was covering the trial. And then I messaged Timothy and I said, even if you just tell me to F off, can you just respond to me? And right. he said, call me, call me right away. And I called him and I called him. And then he said, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You called the wrong number. He was very, it was very weird. Wow. Um, his, his tone. And then he told me he is dead. And then I went and I spent money to look for a death certificate in Texas, but you need a specific date. And he just gave me an age range, um, a, a range of like between he died mm. between this and this year. So that was like a, a wild goose chase that I went, I went nowhere. And someone just sent me footage of a football game in 1992 of this supposed person in Texas. And uh, for whatever reason, they call him Floyd George. And I don't know if it's because it's customary that they maybe call out the last name first, because I would find it hard to believe someone's name is Floyd George, but maybe. Yeah. It's possible, but that, that's interesting. Definitely. It raises an eyebrow for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious what uh, Kathy O'Brien said about, you said that she said this reeked of an MK Ultra. What were her thoughts? What led her to, in, in what way? Like what? Well, definitely with the masks, with the I can't breathe slogan. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she said that, and then she did believe that Derek could be activated. And when I asked her about, about uh, Fort Benning, she, she told me um, different uses for going to Fort Benning. And, and he went to Fort Benning for eight months in 2004. And that means he was working for the MPD and he was working also for El Nuevo. So what did he go do there for eight months? Um, also, in trying to find anyone who could go on the record to tell me about Derek Chauvin. Like in my 20 plus years, almost 25 years as a journalist, I've never come across a case where the government puts out a personal file. So they have a 79 page personnel file on Derek because Derek graduated as a cook, but ended up a crook. So he, (laughs) one of his first, first jobs was McDonald's. I could not find anyone to go on record. The only person who did go on record was his military officer in Hovenfall, Germany. And I found him on LinkedIn. And he said to me, he, he said, first of all, he said Derek was 19. But when I crushed, crunched the numbers, he was 23. So sure, maybe it's a mistake. And then he said that he, he recognized Derek from his walk. And I said to myself, when do you see him walk? The only time you see him walk is when he's coming towards the car and there's the milestone footage from across the street. Yeah. And uh, the reason why they put that camera there, because they keep eye, eyes on cup foods and arguably there's an informant in cup foods, which uh, I, I will share in more detail when my book comes out. And now okay. I'm in the process of, uh, I have a rough, rough assembly for my documentary, but 
it's on me now to narrate because I need to narrate to tell the people what, what it is that they're looking for, but it's very, it's very, it's a very easy, but I believe brilliant concept of just like put all the footage together in chronological order and show the people, because of course, whatever images you consumed early on formed your perception. And the fact that Keith effing Ellison sat on the footage and it was leaked in August, four months later. And many things in this case have happened where I feel like I'm, I'm really like a chosen person to, to, and I don't say that arrogantly to, to cement this for whatever it's worth, mm-hmm. even though people have moved on, right, I have right. tap, tapped out and I've applied for FOIA. I have footage that no one's seen on this planet. Yeah. And Yet, despite the fact that I've raised a million dollars to make my beautiful B film, I can't even raise 15000 to just pay an editor and cover my costs. It's been, wow. it's been really, really hard. It's been really hard on Gifts and Go. I mean, now it's trickled, but I did some big shows like Stu Peters and Pete mm-hmm. Santilli. And for 23 days, I didn't make one penny. And I like, I'm just trying to cover my costs. Like I'm not trying to make money off of George Floyd in any way. So I'm speaking now to possibly some people who might invest because it's such a little amount, Sure, Um, but it took, it, it took, I had a lot of rejections from big publishers because nobody wants to, nobody has the balls to stand by this, even though I've got the goods. I, I say now I'm the leading expert on George Floyd and you could challenge me. I've looked under every rock. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I'm curious, uh, you know, n- not in George Floyd, but since we're, you're saying how like a lot of people have kind of like taken the approach yes. that the ship has sailed. Uh, so I'm curious your thoughts on, right? right I, I, I don't agree, but I can see how people are just fatigued. Yeah. They're exhausted, you know, so yeah. they're like, okay, move on. But I'm curious your thoughts on the current. I we've seen a lot of what I personally think are false flags, um, and uh, you know. So I'm curious your thoughts on those, and uh, maybe even how because didn't Obama say that you know what happened with the shooting was uh, he, he made it a tribute to Floyd, which I mean, oh I yeah, right? How are they even related? Does it happen on this? It's happened on the day that Joey right, right. I guess that was the Floyd's right. daughter. That that's that's what I mean. It, or it happened on that day of the twenty fourth of May. Um, he he reverted to George. I think this is the sloppiest FF on record. I I, I think that I. It's very easy to shut someone down because there's 19 kids and I don't know. And I'm not saying that there aren't fatalities that occur and I'm not diminishing children's death. But if anyone questions the possibility of the government killing kids or hello, they're jabbing children less than 24 hours old. Right. Oh, and and, oh, we're going to we're going to allow remdesivir, which I call run death is near to children, babies, not 6.5 pounds, not seven pounds, 6.6 pounds. Of course, uh, you love your 66. They love the numbers. They love them. I mean, anyone who thinks this is just coincidence, like it's all over the George Floyd incident. So I personally- Libra has 66 pounds, right? Right, exactly. Right. 
Um, It's very difficult because there's children involved. And again, I don't know, you know, some people say no children died. The fact that there was a drill, the, the, the fact that they want to raise the school, the fact that the parents, uh, you don't know the name of your child, you, you mess up, you look like you're, it's fake, even though you're hiding behind your sunglasses. So what, what, what do you think? I, I mean, to me, this, I, I said it kind of immediately. <laughs> and, and then a lot of people, I saw a lot of people, particularly on the right, actually, I mean, on the left, everybody was going, you know, for the guns, you know, which is what I thought this was uh, to attack the second amendment. So I, yes. I expected that, but what I was really surprised with was the people on the right kept saying, you have to be compassionate. And I call it the compassion trap, you know, mm. because it's kind of like the, you know, the whole uh, critical race theory, the George Floyd, you know, it's they, they appeal to people's compassion. You don't want to be a racist. You don't want to be insensitive. Right. So they fall into this trap and which is, you know, kind of how I saw it. So a lot of people on the right were like, you know, you have to wait. You can't say anything about this. You can't politicize this. This isn't the time to talk about, you know, the Second Amendment on either side. You know, we just need to mourn for the children. And my response to that, I, I, I did like a, you know, live on Instagram about it. But my response was, you can have compassion for the children, for the community, for the family. Right. And you can still understand that, you know, there's a possibility this was set up to target the Second Amendment. And, you know, I always bring up the example of what happened in Israel, where in the 70s, they when they, they were having mass shootings in the schools, what did they do? They armed the teachers. How many how many mass shootings do they have in schools since they aren't the teachers? Big zero, zero. Right. right? right. So I'm like, that would be, to me, the logical solution. Right. Why wouldn't you give the teachers protection? Protect the children. You're so concerned about the children. Protect the children, you know. But yeah, so I to me, this is very, very sloppy. There's just so many unanswered yes. questions. And I, I kept seeing something about, you know, there's a uh, from uh, what is it? I think it's born identity where they had a um, what was it? The uh, project deep dream <laughs> and I'm Google not, actually. Okay. It was like, it, you know, I mean, it was in the movie, but Hollywood is predictive program yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the time, right? Under Tavistock yeah. and CIA, yes. you know? Yeah. So um, they had this like operation deep dream and Google has that technology where it, it's like a kind of like a metaverse simulation. And they uh, create assassins and totally. Yeah. That's and what yeah. the school of the assassins is. Right. And uh, yeah. So I, I kind of felt like this was a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I know, you know, he seems to be, you know, mentally compromised yes. and, but and that's also what ultra does, right. They target them and then they use trauma-based mind control exactly. on them so that they're more susceptible Uh so again, this is all conjecture. I, you know, sure, I, I, but I, agree that I don't have concrete evidence, but my gut immediately, it was like the first thing I thought I was like, this is a false flag. They're targeting the second amendment because, you know, because there is resistance and they can feel the resistance. And that is, I mean, it's part in every other country when they take away this, and it's like the playbook. I mean, the communist playbook, they, you know, they roll out all the tyranny, they go after the first amendment and then they, they target yeah. the second amendment. They get so I, I that that's my read on it. But I, I was curious your thoughts on like Floyd kind of laying the groundwork. I mean, we've had so many. It's so not like he's the right. first one, but it was such a 
monumental one because of the pandemic, the pandemic, you know, I, I think it was very, at least they've, they've, they've really ridden that wave. So I kind of think now, cause now they have another one in Tulsa and I don't know too much about that one, except mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it was, uh, they, I, I saw one little blurb that said it was like an anti-vaxxer and it was in a medical faci- facility. Why is that relevant? The fact that he's an anti-vaxxer. Right. Why is that relevant? But, but I think that they're bringing in this big gun package, right. To vote mm-hmm. on. I, I haven't, I was listening to some committee meeting and it's like, right on cue. And the fact that you cannot question because then you'll get shamed. And I'm on a I'm on a big group related to children's defense. And and there was some notable person that just shut down this guy that put a very well thought out established like, these are all the reasons. And in fact, what you're saying, you know, two days ago, I was like, Oh, wow. They're manufacturing these killers. You know, who's, how do I know? How do we know what prompts they're getting on social media? Right. And if they're not aware of the control, they, they think, and then they're being um, bolstered up uh, wrongly given, given props. And I don't think this guy can afford a $3,000 weapon and who is grooming him? <laughs> who are these authorities that are ostensibly grooming a $70,000 pickup truck? And like, I right. mean, all, yeah. Right. On so part-time so, Wendy salary. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. So I, I think that that is definitely happening and it is possible that they're being cued. And if you look at all, like I would say in these other shootings, when I was, I thought I was a Democrat and I'm all for reform to make sure you're mentally stable before you get a gun. But I was like, oh, what's the common denominator here? It's the SSRIs with all of these, these kids. Yeah. Um, so then they use that for their own, I mean, talking about the government and in fact like okay so now trudeau you're gonna ban handguns there's no gun violence in canada there's no even gun violence no in canada i grew up thinking wow canada's such a safe place and and uh now i really like literally don't know if i'll see my parents again because i'm not you know my mom's like maybe just come and you you can quarantine and wear a mask and I'm like, you're the vaccinated one. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to risk my freedom. I don't know what, I don't want to be in a effing Corona hotel. Um, who knows what they have on me as a deplorable recalcitrant human being? Who who knows? I, I got kicked off of an airplane on my way to the truth about cancer in Nashville. And it had nothing, Courtney, to do with the masks or the coronavirus or me being, it was because of a Shaniqua. And maybe that sounds racist. It's okay. I'm brown and I have my own inner Shaniqua. But she, she, I was sitting in the front seat and I just said, excuse me, I think this Hugo boss, and she had already checked my ticket and I had traded that was in the bulkhead. And uh, she was like, that's probably a person whose seat this was in, you were in. And I said, and I just, I'm an empath. I meet you with the same energy. And I'm like, actually, no, because I just switched. Uh-uh, you ain't going to talk to me that way. Okay. She turns around and I'm just sitting there. And then I just lean forward and I'm like, I'm about to get kicked off of the plane. 
And sure enough, I was kicked off. And then I, I literally got on my knees with my mask and the mask was a little cockeyed and uh-huh. she's like, pinch it, pinch it. And uh, they said, get off the ground. And I said, why? And they, she said, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Really? I paid $700. I'm the customer and I'm making you feel uncomfortable. You're about to derail my entire day because of, you know, power tripping. There was another time early, early on where a woman, I knew she was like thinking about kicking me off and I just put my camera and I started recording and I said, you you don't think I'm telling you I have a respiratory, I have asthma and I have a doctor's note. And you don't think that's discrimination? And she goes, if you can't be on a plane for four hours or whatever, um, and you have a health condition, no, it's not discrimination. It's the CDC. That was her quote. So I just shut up. And when we got there, I went right in her face. And I said, you know, nothing about health. Just, you know, nothing, you know, nothing. You're just power tripping. Yeah. Little Nazi. Yeah. My, my grandfather would say petty Martinet, <laughs> right? Like people who have a little bit of power and they, they want to do everything oh, yeah. they can with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. They hold on to it. Yeah. I mean, yes, that that's, that's why they choose black meter maids to, because mm-hmm. they know they're going to power trip off of white people. I mean, I'm sorry if this sounds racist. It's a fact. Right. It, it's a fact. And there's racism towards, I felt racism towards, towards me. Um, from black people as well. So, I mean, I don't care what color you are. I'm a lot North African, so I can get away maybe with saying things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now Larry Elder is even a white supremacist. I've been called the white <laughs> supremacist, yeah. right? So it's like, if you're not racist, you're not racist. I, I like good people. People right, right. who have a heart, who have a spirit and a soul. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. But they they have to divide and conquer. So this is to play play the whole game, pit everybody against each other, because it's much easier to have your enemies fighting each other and destroy each other than it is to have to destroy them. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the name of the game. uh, And that's why we have to transcend between left and and right, Um, even though the left is is, in my opinion, not right at all. No, they're not. I, I can you talk a little bit more about that? What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of people are starting to come around to that. But, you know, the ideology of the left right now is so oppressive that it's kind of hard to it's hard not to just want to right. reject that. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they're absolutely out of their minds. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you did consider yourself and I don't know wh- how you feel, Courtney, or if you consider yourself a Democrat, um, but I, I thought I was a Demo- Democrat. I never, ever hated uh, Orange Man. And in fact, that's what <laughs> turned me off. Like, I don't want to be filled with hate. I don't even have that hate for Joe Biden. I, I just, I, I don't want to be filled with hate. And I was seeing people in who were my supposed friends that were rabid with hate for Orange Man. And when the Rona started the regime started i was listening to trump every single day because i was watching the pressers and i was covering what you know the fauci and the deborah burks was saying um and that's when you know above and beyond i saw how 
the left was lying about Trump. And in fact, when 2016, I, I still wasn't a American citizen, mm-hmm. but I would never have voted for Hillary. And I think there was a whole group of people that weren't like dumb rednecks, which is what they're called. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Um, that voted for Trump. I think there were a lot of people who were just anti-establishment or like, Mm -hmm. let's spice things up. And sure enough, we we spiced things up. And and on January 6th, and I was at the Capitol and I did cover what happened and was part of a live action role play and shared my footage with Rudy Giuliani. But when I came out of the VIP area, and I was looking at the sea of people. I got the shivers and I was like, Joe Biden could just wish to have a fraction of yeah. these people. So I think in the end, the the right is is standing with the Constitution and we the people. Yeah. And I've come around on a lot of things because I, I'm not a the same version of myself, right? You're not the same 1.0 version of Courtney. We grow every single day. Yeah. Um, and so one would hope. <laughs> I was, one hope. Exactly. <laughs> one would one, one would hope. I was told when I was interviewing Maurice, oh, you did a really good job talking to the other the other side. But there there's what other other side? Where does where does Maurice fit in? I've talked to some of the people at Cup Foods. And one of the owners said, I think I'm a Republican um, because he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, and, and of course, there's Brandon Straka's walk away yeah. movement, which I would resonate with as walking away from these crazy left leftists. But of course, on a one on one basis, you want to connect with the person. Right. But personally, like. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have a lot of like jabbed friends. Don't I've lost like I'm sure you have many friends and, and I, I don't all my family is in big pharma. My my dad worked for Pfizer. He's a mechanical engineer wow. that worked for Pfizer. My mother was doing translation for a company, uh, Ron Poulenc, that is um, affiliated with Roche. My uncle, who's now dead because of remdesivir and a ventilator, was a vice president of Novartis in Fort Lauderdale. And so all my family, you know, and, and he died. I was interviewing, I was talking to my dad and I said, I was asking him questions. And this was like in 2021. And then my dad's like, why are you asking so many questions? Because uh, I'm a journalist, because I'm covering <laughs> you, I'm covering the coronavirus. And I said to him, you know, if you give him remdesivir, it, it's it, it's most likely going to give him renal failure. And then I said, if you put him on a vent, eight out of 10, and I was being nice, eight out of 10, it's more like nine out of 10 people will, you know, he'll die. And my dad said, I don't care what you have to say. And two days later, it was dead. And my family think it's the coronavirus. They think it's the coronavirus. My mom, I have to talk to her like for an hour. And then I'm like, mommy, you're like, a Stockholm syndrome victim. You are vaccine injured. Say it. Say it. Um, no, I, I, but after an hour, she'll say, she'll admit. And now I said, oh, two jabs and a respiratory il- illness later. Now you're not going to get the booster. Okay. And that is the sad reality that human beings in this meat suit learn through tragedy and health and, and, and health issues. 
So mm -hmm. if that's what needs to happen, you know, and, and as you also know, people are not making the connection. Like I have a, I think she's maybe 38 and was on Facebook and she was in a face diaper in a wheelchair. And she said, oh, they told me that my genes caught up with me and that I got a stroke because I'm, I'm uh, dehydrated. I was dehydrated. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, the, the amount of just denial, right? right. And, and, oh, so if it happens right after and you don't realize how on earth will you link it back to the jab when now you no longer have an innate immune system? And you're reliant on these jabs of hell to keep going, right? So if right. someone's erupting with a pox, something from the pox virus or the shingles because of VADES, and you, they're not realizing it's because all of these, these, um, you know, like I have a fungal infection and I'm keeping it together. But when I had the Stephen Johnston syndrome, which is very dangerous and I could have died. It's a skin eruption where you're in a cytokine storm. I had thrush within hours. So what happened was my immune system went down and the fungal, the, the fungal infection proclaimed itself. And I realized how much it is a, an issue. So our body has a way of keeping things in maintenance. Right. And if you don't have an immune system, well, it's just like people think that you died of pneumonia with AIDS, but it's because you have no immune system. It's not that you died of pneumonia, right? Right. right. Yeah. So I, I say we are the bees. We are the ones who are slowly being poisoned by sublethal doses. And that now includes genetically modified information. And we are the bees. We, we are the bees. And it's a death by a thousand cuts. And it starts with our food. And people do not realize how poison the food supply is. It is. So I have uh, two, two questions for you. And they're kind of related. But we'll start with one. With the, as a journalist, what, and as an independent journalist, what do you think uh, journalists, it, like, what do you think is incumbent upon independent journalism right now? You mean what, what is their role or, or yeah, like what, what is it that they can and should be doing? Well, there, there's certain tenants in journalism and uh, arguably the prostitutes and the parrots are not. Sure. I, I think more I'm yeah. asking because, you know, as you have mentioned, you've been incredibly censored there. I think independent journalists from what I've seen have, you know, the, uh, the biggest cross to bear because they seem to have, you know, arguably they're independent because they have integrity. They don't want to be controlled by the mainstream media. They don't want to be controlled by the big mega corporations that control the mainstream media. Uh, but I think they have a real challenge because there is a narrative and a meta narrative that is being voiced and they don't want the independent journalists to get through. So I, I guess the question is, how is that? How can you surmount, surmount that? And what what do you, what would you like to see be done in the independent uh, media? Yeah, that's a very good question, Courtney. I don't know if, if it's to talk to up and coming young journalists, mm -hmm. if I was up and coming, there's no way I would have delved into journalism. I know that people say, Miriam, it's, it's not good for you to be covering <laughs> the news. It's very negative, but this is my profession. 
This is my profession. I'm called on shows to comment and, and give perspective. And I thoroughly love, I love researching. I used to be hired as a professional researcher on docs and series, and I just love it. Just mm-hmm. let me find dirt. And it's one become very, very difficult. If you don't know how to discern between tries, which is what I call truth mixed with lies, mm-hmm. um, to a really call upon so, so That's much. how cognitive infiltration works. I say what the way I describe it is a hook gripping lie sprinkled with truths. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so don't you in your profession um, rely on your on your intuition too? totally. Yeah. Right. So if I mean, I. I don't know how to answer that because I think it's a lonely world. I look at, let's say, Sarah Westhall, who's a powerhouse. And it it, it really depends because if you're coming into it now, um, I I was trying to save my company from attacks of CBD. So I didn't develop my YouTube channel. And uh, I'm sure anyone that sees me is like, oh, this I can string a sentence together, right? I can be eloquent and I don't think I'm missing anything to be an influencer and and fire up people with my passion that people are always like, I love your passion. If I could make money off of my passion. And I think people are really thirsting for authentic, genuine people because people are wearing masks on top of masks and they can, even if they can't articulate why they gravitate to someone, um, I think they really are thirsting for genuineness. And so, but as far as what to do, I mean, I'm all for collaborating. So I, I liken, I use bee analogies and a honeybee cannot live without her hive for more than 24 hours. But again, she's foraging by herself. So I, I look after I make this, finish this book and doc to be able to work for an up and coming independent and collaborate, even if it is just researching, um, even though I can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. to to have that community i think a lot of us are are thirsting for it and again you you run into um you know, maybe competitiveness or um people yeah so it, again it'd be nice to just for the bigger what's the greater good here mm-hmm. and certainly there's a lot of value in comparing puzzle pieces and and collaborating with someone right mm-hmm. yeah i think absolutely. so yeah. So I don't know if that answers. No, no, question. no. And and I love the idea of talking to the younger generation because, you know, there's a, I, I think they've got a, a very interesting world. I mean, it's every generation does, right? Every generation gets theirs, but this is certainly interesting times. And I, there are a lot of kids who, you know, I think think it's an exciting field to go into. And it, it would be great if someone were to talk to them about, you know, I, I don't know that, I keep saying this is just my perspective, but I don't know that things are actually that different than they used to be. Mm. I think things are mm. becoming much more transparent. I think that things are ramped up so much more that we're able to see a lot of the foundation that had already been laid. But, sure. you know, a lot of this, uh, these games and this deception, the psyops, uh, even these plans are over 100 years old. So right. yellow I, journalism is, is, you know, they say fake news is, is old news, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that for the, for the younger generation to have, uh, I mean, I guess mentors are always a great thing, but I, 
I think it, it is a great idea to be able to talk to them and kind of, you know, give them some guidance on, I mean, they can choose either path, right? You know, it's, you can choose right. whatever, but, but to but, be aware of what they're up against. Yeah. So when I was speaking to that professor from, from Flagler looking for, we had a very pleasant conversation. He used to do reality TV in, in Hollywood. So we talked about Hollywood. I used to work for the Hollywood reporter and work on sets as a PA. And anyway, so we had a, a conversation the next day and I broached, uh, I was during the federal trial and, and he kind of said, well, if you don't think these guys should spend the rest of their lives in jail, I don't know if I want to talk to you. And so then the next day, he said, are you a conspiracy believer? I recant my offer to help you find it. Um, so this is a media professor that has literally told his children, not his students, not to look at or trust Wikipedia. And instead of like, here, we got a live one and speak to me about how right. my reputation has been taken through the dirt. Like they said, I'm a Q follower. And again, like I have no, it's, I'm nothing against Q, but that's a blatant lie because I've mm-hmm. never followed Q. Mm-hmm. So I was just harping on that because it's a lie. And he, mm-hmm. this professor, so then he just blackballed me. And so, so how are we going to get through to the youth? If we have these idiot professors yeah. that are not teaching, I mean, what are they teaching their children? We're, we're just teaching our children to be obedient sheeple. And yes, what you've said yeah, it's it's yellow journalism is is nothing new, but big tech has allowed for the ramping up yeah. of what Marshall McLuhan called like a global village. And he, he he foresaw that we would be fragmented into different niches. Of course, he didn't talk about New World Order or this yeah. ministry of truth that we're seeing. Right. But I reread 1984 in July 2019. And I I know um, in some instances, um, O'Keefe of Project Veritas, who said, be like Winston. Mm -hmm. And I say, no, don't be like Winston, because Winston ratted out Julia. And I believe in love and I believe in loyalty. Mm -hmm. And in the end, Winston is just happy to live an inane life in a, you know, it ends in a cafe and he's just having just a boring moment and he's happy because he's been so terrorized. Right. And uh, now we are witnessing in real life, as you've seen in your own YouTube, where they're in real time, taking away your, your views. It's crazy, crazy making. Yeah. It uh, makes you feel like you're going insane. Yeah. When, especially when you work hard and you have a heart and you're, you actually give a crap about what you're putting out as opposed yeah. to, there's tons of people who are talented, but it's mindless to them and they don't necessarily have a heart where mm-hmm. it really, it really hurts, you know, cause you put your heart in, into something. I certainly do, whether yeah. there's money involved or not. That's not why I'm, no. I'm not driven by money. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's definitely other things to do for that. That'd be much more of a sure thing for, for financial gain. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I like to give people some hope because I do think there is hope. So, right. So tell me, what, what do you think is uh, hopeful for the future? Well, I believe in, in uh, 
family and, and, and friends, whatever ones you have left and becoming more self-reliant. I mean, I got the memo to be off the grid in 2013 after making Vanishing of the Bees. And I, I think a lot more hardship Hegelian style is coming down the pipeline. But I think the most important thing in life is our health and our friendships and family. So for those people that do whatever, whoever is in your close circle, like love them. And I really believe in gratitude. And after being in chronic pain for at least four years and going through hell with my body after my accident, I didn't even know when people said, I'm fantastic. I didn't even, it's like, what does that even mean? So I, I've learned that gratitude is really alchemy. And uh, I, I do look at the cup half full. I am cynical and I, I admit it, I'm cynical now. And I, I am really, I have to say, disappointed in the human race because I, I never would have thought there's this many sheeple. But maybe these people are, are disembodied. Maybe they're not, um, don't have a soul. Who, who knows? Maybe they're, now I'm playing with the notion of like, we're living in a simulation, maybe a simulation within a simulation and and you know, like in the Truman show, like where I'm going to go to the outer, the outskirts to try to find a glitch and, um, or in Westworld. I don't know if you've watched Westworld. Mm -hmm. I have. That's interesting with the simulation because I, I, I don't think we're in a simulation, but I do think that that's their goal. Their goal is Kurzweil. They, you know, the singularity is near that. I, that is their goal. I mean, it, that seems to be pretty clear from everything, you know, that they've said they've outlined that. So I don't, I personally don't think we're in the simulation yet, but I, I definitely see that's where they want to take us. So do you, do yeah. you think, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, I said, I don't, I don't, I really don't, I don't know. I mean, I definitely know metaverse is, it would be a simulation within a simulation, sure. but I, I just find there's such a crazy level of lunacy and, it's really, we are really living in an inverted world. And my dad oh, would be sure. proud of me that I, I, I pray more and I, I do read the Bible. However, I, I don't consider myself religious. And again, I, I believe that we need to cultivate self-awareness. And when I look at all the mindless, the people who are just running programs and they don't know why they do the things that they do because they've never had self-inquiry of like, why is it that I do this? What is this? Let's say, like, I stopped shaking hands in 2009. And it, it's because I had this near death experience and I would um, shake someone's hand and, and I would just feel all this energy. And I found myself having to go to the bathroom and wash my hands with cold water. And I was like, this is insane. And um, then I just adopted hugging. And then I found out that shaking hands was like, you'd see if it, you're wearing holding a knife. So it's really an act of dishonest. It's, it's, it's an act of mistrust. And so I was like, I'm not going to adopt this program anymore. So just to really look at why is it that you do the things you do and question that and really live your life to, to the fullest because life is short and it's become even shorter due to these global elitist F efforts. So yeah, not, not to take anything for granted and, and really come into yourself. I, I am, I do believe in plant medicine. 
um, that's, that has helped me. I don't know if that's taboo, but just adopting different tools to really cultivate mindfulness yeah. and accountability, right? Accountability, because you have all these social justice virtue signalers who don't realize that they're, they're not really walking their talk. Yeah, so true. So true. And uh, that that again is like a program they've been given, right? Where they, they think that by doing something to virtue signal that they're doing so much good when they could actually do good in, instead of signaling. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that, that, that they could feel good about. <laughs> but yeah, but they're, so I think that in a lot of ways, that's really sad because they're robbed of the opportunity to actually do good, to do something, to accomplish something that they could feel good about, right? That they would have a sense of pride in accomplishment, but instead right. they're virtue signaling. And so then it's just empty, you know? Right. Yeah. And then they're too arrogant to take any feedback. And there's a really a climate of like, for those who speak out, like I, I went to see a doctor to establish care here just to get blood tests. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a doctor that saw me was the nurse practitioner. And I told them I'm a functional medicine person. Anyways, I complained because they charged me and they put a certain code and instead, and she was on a speaker. She was clearly being very rude. And when I complained, they said, we don't, you, you're not allowed to come here anymore. There's a real um, atmosphere for this righteous indignation. And it's really despicable because these are not good people. They're no. not like, they just want to be right. Nope. Um, the Shaniquas of the world, you know, they just start, <laughs> it's like just really righteous um, and mean, like mean. Yeah. So, do you think this whole surveillance, whether it be in us or externally, is inevitable? Do you think we have any way to combat it? Do you think that for for the present? I mean, I, I feel there's incremental changes and people might not realize like we're frogs boiling and so they don't see the long game. Yeah. But when Fitbit when Google bought Fitbit, and that was what in 2018, I mean, this is the direction and many of us have seen the writing on the wallet and it's amped up. So of course it's sold as benevolent to help with the, with um, paraplegics or uh, with, with um, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, but there's, there's malevolent. I, I do think it's inevitable. I, I think that, you know, a decade from now, people will be living in the metaverse. It'll be real player, real player one. Um, that really rang home. I love sci-fi and I, I, mm -hmm. I've so many of the sci-fi, like, I don't know if it, if you've ever heard or seen equals, but no. that, that is, uh, takes, I saw it in 2016. I think it's 2016 okay. and it's a, they, it's in a world where there's no emotion and you get your annual vaccine to not have an emotions. And if you display any emotions like love, that's you being very sick, you're a sick person. So these two characters fall in love and toward the end, they're developing a new vaccine and um, I won't spoil it, but it's very apropos and it's, wow. an, it's, called it's an old, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's okay. uh, you, you to walk into work, you, you scan your hand and then toward the end, they develop a, the latest vaccine against emotion. So um, these two people fall in love and they think that they're, you know, there's something wrong with them instead of being human. Cause in this new world, I mean, all of these, like um, what's the other one with the sleeve where you have carbon copy carbon. Have you seen that one? I don't think I have. I, and I like sci-fi, but oh, yeah, carbon, carbon, something it's, it's Netflix. And so you have, you have your consciousness is at the base of your neck in a chip or whatever. And so when your body dies, it's the sleeve. And depending on whether you have money or not, you can up sleeve or down sleeve. You, you could be going to another body. So it plays with the notion of, of reincarnation. I'd say all of these divergent, all of these sci-fi movies that when I would watch them and I'd be like, why does this seem so familiar? Is this predictive programming or is it, you know, what's that interception between am I making it happen or am I sensing that it's going to happen? And what is that, that uh, crossover? Like, if I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I would think it's predictive programming. I mean, that's a. That's where I go, but I mean, I don't know, but it does. I mean, a lot of them seem familiar when you'd watch them like this is going to happen. Yeah. Did did you have you felt that when you'd watch all these sci fi movies? When I watch sci fi movies? Um, yeah. And a lot of them then when when it does happen, you kind of look back and you're like, oh, this is what we're living through. Right. Right. I mean, Brave New World, which was, I mean, a, a book, but I, I think I read more sci-fi than watched, but um, mm-hmm. Brave New World and certainly like V for Vendetta. I mean, that feels like, aren't we in that now? <laughs> yeah. So where is the mission to intercept the, the, the airwaves? Like I keep saying, sign me up for that mission, because I really think that's what needs to happen to overtake NBC and ABC mm-hmm. and overtake, um, intercept them. Like, why can't that happen? Seriously. Right. Why can't that happen? Like I spy on Lester Holt. I used to work for MSNBC mm-hmm. when I first came to this country. Yeah. And so I, I spy on them because they, they do seed the narrative with what's coming. And so mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of, I glean a lot of Intel from yeah the crap that they're putting out there, right? Like, so when Ukraine hit and they were recruiting people on their own dime to go and fight for the Ukraine, like you have to pay for your ticket to go kill yourself to fight for the Ukraine. Like they literally had a segment on that. Wow. And huh. Could you believe it? Like on your own dime, you, you have to pay to go to the Ukraine and, and they were taking volunteers and then overnight they had this sunflower campaign um, and, and just, you know, then they interview people like, are you willing to pay $7 a gallon for the Ukraine? Yep. Sign me up. I'll, I'll bend over and take it up the ass for the Ukraine. Like F that. Um, oh, 40 billion. Let's give 40 more billion. Let's just clean our money. Yep. The Ukraine. There's no coincidence that oh Burisma and uh, Hunter Biden and all their shenanigans with all the biolabs and yeah, the biota and yep. 
the organ harvesting. Oh, nothing to see here, boys and girls. Let's just blindly support the Ukraine. Like, what have the Russian people done to you? Like, I'm, yeah. I just, I don't subscribe to war. I, I've not seen war movies growing up. I don't watch horror movies. I don't want to have that in, in my psyche. I just don't right. believe in war. Play a chess game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is interesting how many people have, uh, and that's the power of propaganda, because people have no idea. If you ask them why they hate Russia so much or why they even hate Putin so much, most people can't right. tell you. They really can't tell you. And I'm not saying Putin's necessarily our friend. I don't think he's, right. you know, the bad guy, the way that they are, the, the machines are, you know, painting the picture for him to be. Um, but I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're just, creating this, you know, dichotomy, right? Absolutely. But, but people have demonized him. And I'm like, if, why? <laughs> How much why? do you even know exactly. about him? Yeah. I, I think it's like a month and a half ago, or two months ago, Chuck Todd was interviewing Hillary Clinton and said straight up, so should we allow back, should we allow Putin back into the new world order? And this was before the, the G7 summit. And so she, oh. she when overlooked that? when, when, yeah. About two months ago, I have the, clip oh. on, my, on my gap TV, okay. I believe just straight up says, are, are you, we let him back into the new the world, world order. order. Yeah. I mean, really, he was, he was part of the WEF and yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what's really happening, knowing also the stockpiles of all these real bioweapons that can very easily, very easily um, impact us. And, and they've done it to their own people. We've done it to their own people. Sure. So to put the boogeyman and, and to make Putin the, the, the boogeyman and to actually have these losers say that they'll pay $10, $7 a gallon for a war they know nothing about. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, the, the thing I can't really let go of is, uh, I think it was Jacob Rothschild who said that the single largest threat to the new world order is Vladimir Putin. Really? Yeah. That? <laughs> Jacob Rothschild. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if he, if he thinks he's the largest threat to the new world order, then I, I'm not so sure that he's entirely. Right. Yeah. I think there's more to this story, but, Absolutely. but again, that doesn't make him our friend. I mean, he's, he's looking out for Russia and wouldn't it be nice if we had someone looking out for the United States, you know, that, that would be great. So, um, you know, so I think Biden. he should, yeah, right. I think he should look out for Russia that again, it doesn't make him our friend, but it doesn't make him the, the, demon you know that they paint him out to be either absolutely i I agree i mean but you look at nuances people are not nuanced anymore they've lost their critical thinking and i'm not one to throw out the baby with the bathwater. and uh you know you you can you can like someone's policies but not their personality for instance which is right yeah right People liked his policies, but not necessarily his personality, but the amount, totally, yes. Mm -hmm. And the amount of, the amount of hate and, and have literal uh, syndrome over like orange man. Um, I had a friend that was, she was a friend. She was, she would massage me in LA and only after the fact was like, Every time she comes and she's she's working on my body and she's putting negative hate towards she's talking about how much she hates Trump. And uh, I think in the end, 
um, we stopped, she stopped talking to me because she must have learned that I'm not a hater or that I've now considered myself a conservative. Wow. So she actually stopped talking to you. Wow. Yeah, that's she actually stole my teeter and my plants and just refused to like just stopped responding to me, like said she was going to save my plants and my inversion. And then she ended up stealing them. And I think justifying in her in my in her head that I'm a bad guy because I don't hate Trump. Wow. And I think that's what happens a lot. They justify their actions when in reality they're no better than what they're preaching against. Yeah. That's the hypocrisy. And again, lack of self-awareness of like, you know, I say like, say sorry to someone today, like take responsibility for your, 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 your shit, your shadow, Um, because that's how we, we grow and we've been given an opportunity. So I use the Rona as trigger work. Like people need to cultivate more balls. I used it as like, you don't need to say anything, Miriam. You don't need any help in that department. You need to just keep your head down. Just, just don't say anything. So that's what, what I did. Um, Because ultimately fighting on your own, whether it's on a plane is it doesn't we have to do it in numbers we do because then you're just going to get ostracized blackballed blacklisted yeah um, that that at the airport if i really did something wrong they would have banned me right but they put me they power tripped and they put me on the 10 o'clock plane and when I came back at 10 o'clock, there was no Shaniquas. They literally put me in the back of the bus to punish me. Oh, but before that, they told me to remove my things, but I purposely left my things. And then I made a scene. I went back on the plane and I said, uh, I just want you guys to know that I'm getting kicked off the plane. And it has nothing to do with the Rona or a mask. You're all suffocating behind your face diapers. Welcome to Corona Con. And then they all clapped. Not for me. They clapped to get me off of the of the plane. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But, wow. but I made a scene then. I, I admit that I made a scene. And then when I got back, yeah. it was 10 o'clock. And I, I was like, when this happened, I was like, oh, this is why all of this happened. So I can get this intel, which, mm-hmm. you know, will not sound that novel now. But they said, oh, there's lots of notes. And if you get kicked off of, one plane soon the FAA will share the data will be shared with all the airlines and you will never fly again in your life. So she said, just wear your mask and go at the back of the bus and just keep your head down. And wow. uh, Yeah. Wow. So they're all communicating with each other, even though they're separate companies and separate. Yeah, the FAA will share the data and, I, and I'm sure who knows what kind of shit list I'm, I'm on. I, I'm convinced now that since I blew the whistle on Bayer and I had someone that was working at the entomology, mm-hmm. state the entomology department in Florida that went on to work for Monsatan, which became Bayer and said, oh, you're going to go after Bayer. You better watch your tires. And I've had my car twice go from zero, from 70 to zero, but by the grace of God, nothing, nothing happened. I can't explain what happened to the car. Um, but I do know that they off people, they, 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 
they will kill people. The big pharma, big harma is, and they play with people. Like I had someone, she accidentally said, but you're not that big. Like as, yeah. Oh yeah. They no, made no, sure no, that no. I'm not that big. Right. Like, again, am I missing something here to be an influencer? So <laughs> when like she said that, it's like, yeah, that's why. Because I, I think especially they're like, I've healed myself from lupus. They don't want that. Right. They don't want a real a person who's really walking their talk and that can educate them. Well, it's going to put them out of business, right? Well, I mean, not in reality, no. But, but um, my point is, they do go after people who are not that big because they don't want them to get that big. Right. Right. So, so that's what they keep you in your place. They, they, they will oh, mess with Courtney. We'll mess with Courtney in our own special way that only Courtney could know. It's very subtle, but she knows it's happening, and it's very hard to tell others because they're not going to get it. No, <laughs> I definitely have the conversations, and I, I've experienced a lot of the same thing. Like, well, that's not really censorship. You're not that big. I'm like, I, I actually had a friend say it to me. I, I finally called her out. Like, it took me a few months, but I was like, you know, if you really feel that way, then you don't understand how censorship actually works because. If somebody is big and they get censored, what happens is the Streisand effect, right? right. They actually get bigger, right? And the censorship actually helps them to grow because other people already know about them and want to know what it was that couldn't be said and shared. But if somebody is small and did not have a large audience and they're censored, then that voice has never actually been heard. So exactly. that's real censorship. Yes. So not to say that I advocate censorship on any, sure, of I'm course. not saying the big guy should get censored either, but it's a very different result. They end up having a Streisand effect. Most of the time, that's what happens. Yeah, they get look censored. at Rogan. Like he was offered another deal. If he wasn't a compromised asset, he'd say F you Spotify, of Spotify. Course. That is also the investor, the people behind Spotify also invested in GoFundMe and it was all happening around the trucker convoy. And I've been banned off GoFundMe since 2018. And I know that there have ties to, to big pharma, but it, it's like, oh, and then Rogan is like, oh, I'll have some more, what you're going to have the rock, please. I don't tune into you so I can see the effing rock on your show or any other mainstream voices. That's not why I used to tune into you. Uh, if you're going to have all of this because you had arguably controlled opposition assets on your show that caused this big controlled hullabaloo, which I don't believe is is organic or natural. Wow. Personally, I don't. I didn't I, know I, that about Spotify and uh, uh, GoFundMe. And GoFundMe. The, yeah, I forget the, the partners, the Axel, Axel, E-A-C-C. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I called them out in my piece that went viral for Epoch Times again in 2018 on techno fascism or 2019, which is a term that I popularized. And that was story went viral. I had interviewed. I that's how I've met Zach. Is I was a, a victim of the medic update by Google. Like imagine no. VC investment, I built my company from scratch and I was getting 500,000 unique visitors a month. I was one of the first in the nutraceutical space that is now infiltrated with, it's saturated and was making $3,000 a day. The day 
of the January 6th, I had, I was with Square with a, a beta CBD program after going through hell. I had no issue. I've done nothing like with my account. They knocked me off of Simply Transformative is my CBD site. And I lost to make, um, I wasn't able to make any money for five months. And I used to make $75,000 a month. And now I made the entire year $28,000 that I've had to go on food stamps. And I have two degrees and I'm pretty effing smart and I work really hard. And you try not to be angry. Oh, don't be a victim, Miriam. I was going to be a wealthy, self-made woman. And, And now instead... It's it sucks ass. I know that it's Dorsey that I lost my uh, square is was Dorsey, and that it's no accident that it happened January sixth. Um, but there's no, you know, now the market is saturated. People don't really know that there's shitty CBD or know to look for the entourage effect or, you know, people just put CBD on their product and then jack up the price right. without realizing the nuances or the science. In any case, um, again, it's these tailored attacks. And I had someone straight up tell me, nobody cares about you, Miriam. Stop, stop, stop complaining, right? Because now it's, it's a common story that people are struggling. And uh, again, I'm not a victim. I'm not just laying, I'm just helpless. I keep on getting up, keep on getting up, keep yeah. on getting up. And doing uh, great work. I mean, uh, yeah. thank you. I, I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough. It's like this inside of me. It's like, I didn't do enough today. I didn't do enough today. What am I doing to contribute? What am I, um, you know, I'm it's, it's what, what's the saying? You're only good as your last, um, whatever. Your last project. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause you constantly have to pr- produce and if yeah. nobody can find you, they don't even know what you're doing. Right. So it it is it is uh, more common now than when this started for me in 2017. And so. But but nonetheless, it is it's purposely demoralizing and I refuse to let them silence me. I, I refuse. I have too too much to say. And people deserve to know we we are such amazing creatures are we're we're so able to heal and our bodies are amazing and the fact that they are literally robbing us of iq points and and dumbing us down and eradicating the notion of an immune system and the literal the literal immune system um you know it's it's uh it's a calamity and uh luckily there's there's a lot of us that have found each other that collaborate together that refuse to just go away and want to inspire and empower others um yeah yeah absolutely keep on keeping on (laughs) for sure for sure well this was absolutely awesome so if you have anything else you want to leave us with and definitely tell everybody where they can find you and how they can support you Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm grateful for anyone that gives me a chance to use my throat chakra. And uh, I I just really implore people to cultivate self-awareness and mindfulness and kindness and wisdom. We used to look to our elders and now arguably they're killing off our elders too. And 
this ancient history that that we come from and and mm-hmm. you know the ministry of truth is alive and well so don't let them get the best of you do not let them make you a lab rat um as far as people can go to vaxter.com to see my latest work in regards to charles lieber and transhumanism you can find me on if you want to support my abusive relationship on twitter i'm <laughs> blady17 and uh you know, I had two thousand on the second one, two thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine, and I said, "Hey, can can you help me get to three thousand? And Twitter was like, "Oh yeah, biatch, we're gonna put you down to twenty-one hundred." And so it's like snakes and ladders. So you can find me on uh, B Lady Seventeen on Twitter or Lady B on Gab. And uh, I don't know if I shared my gifts and go, but. I am writing a book and a documentary on George Floyd called George Floyd, a multi-layered psyop examined. And it's going to be the juiciest book out there on George Floyd that will be coming out in September. I hope a great title. So you can go to the gifts and go um, to please support me. Every little bit counts and it's just to pay my editor so I can get this job done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. God bless you. You're so welcome. You too. And thank you for being here. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.